Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. I'm joined today by Julia Marie. Thank you for being here, Julia. Happy to be here. So you are certified in yoga, power yoga, sports nutrition. You're a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. You've had a lot of experience helping people lose weight. And I was just hoping you could kind of talk to us about, you know, what is the biggest obstacle for people who want to lose weight? And why does this continue to be um, such a hot topic? Sure. Yeah. I think, well, one, the term weight loss is sort of a loaded term. Mm. Um, but when we get right down to trying to find an optimal weight or have a body that you feel really satisfied with that that functions for you and does the activities that you want it to do and you Mm. feel really confident, a lot of times the things that hold us back are these habits that sometimes we don't know we have Mm -hmm. that basically sabotage our progress. And that's why I love yoga as a component of a wellness plan because it helps us get really in tune with our actions Mm. and understanding why we eat certain ways, why we um, work out certain ways, our energy levels. We become really in tune with all of those processes. Mm -hmm. So if you could kind of lay out a recipe for weight loss, so to speak, you know, what are the different you know, components that have to come together to really help someone, you know, get rid of unwanted body fat, build the muscle tone and strength that they're looking for, et cetera. Sure. So you brought up a couple different things. One, if someone strictly has a weight loss goal, then that's basic math. You want to burn more calories than you take in. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, we're looking to do other things. Like you said, lose body fat that we feel like is not helpful to us, and then also increase muscle mass. So what I often do with my clients is I have them reframe the phrase weight loss and talk a little bit more about body composition. They want to build muscle. They want to lose fat. And so when we think about a recipe for that, it definitely does involve looking at our overall calorie content, but also are we eating basically to fuel our bodies or are we eating um, for other purposes? Mm -hmm. And then on the exercise end of the spectrum, that's where we really put together the opportunities to build muscle, to challenge our body. And then when we bring those components together, we're talking about metabolism, right? Mm -hmm. And so we all want to have a metabolism that's optimal, that uses food for fuel and doesn't hang on to a lot of body fat. And so when we think about it that way, again, that's why yoga is incredible because there's other pieces at play like our stress levels and our sleep levels and whether or not we're really treating our body Mm -hmm. in a way that honors it and encourages it to move along to that optimal body composition. Right. You know, because I think it's, you're so right. We kind of hear this, you've got to just burn more calories than you eat. Um, And it, Sounds really simple, but then at the same time, we have a weight loss industry that's continuously rolling out different products, different programs, and 
So I feel like even within this kind of simple equation, burn more calories than you're eating, um, there's a lot of little nuance and, you know, kind of, I guess, just the practicality of like what's workable for people and how can we break it down in a way that's easy to understand for people? Because I know for me, you know, a big part of my problems are just feeling overwhelmed, feeling confused, not knowing what to do. So um, Mm -hmm. if you could encapsulate, I guess. (laughs) In one sentence. (laughs) Well, I don't know if we've got a little bit more time than one sentence. But, you know, like in working with personal training clients that are looking at the scale, looking at those different things, Mm -hmm. you know, how how do you give it to them in, in an approachable way? Absolutely. So one thing with the weight loss industry, I'm using air quotes, Um, (laughs) if it were easy, they would be out of business, right? Right. So simple doesn't always translate to easy. We definitely have uh, a little bit of work to be done when Mm -hmm. it comes to reaching our goals. But when um, you brought up my my training clients, when I work with them, one of the first things I have them do is start tracking what they're actually eating and not just to say, oh, I want to know every calorie. I'm not actually interested in that. What I look for is trends over time. So are they eating at certain times of day and then noticing that they're really tired afterwards? Are they um, maybe skipping a bunch of meals and then overloading themselves before they go to bed? Mm. And so when we start to just get really honest about our eating habits, most often, truthfully, I encounter that women especially aren't actually eating enough calories. They're just eating a lot of empty calories. And so they're constantly feeling hungry. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always about let's just reduce your overall calorie content, um, but also what is in the calories that you are eating and what is your eating habits. And so if you love to have a larger dinner and maybe a smaller breakfast, I'm not going to come in and tell you, hey, let's just change the way you've been your whole life. But I am going to ask my clients, how do you feel after a meal? When it has maybe a higher card content or a higher protein content, can you start to identify literally how does that food make you feel? Mm-hmm. And then also looking at maybe some of those sneaky habits we get into where we perhaps aren't eating a balanced meal mm-hmm. and then we feel this crash in the middle of the day or we feel lethargic. So we start to reach for things that we know aren't necessarily great for us, mm-hmm. but we just have to get through our day. Right. And then all of a sudden, we're not really accounting for those snacks or those quick grabs or those things that we're kind of doing on impulse because we're tired. Mm -hmm. And that can kind of sneak in and ruin all the effort. And it can really backtrack you, um, especially if you feel, I don't know, kind of like you're not in control of your snacking habits. Right. Right. And I think that... You're, you're totally right. It's when we get into those moments that we're hungry, we're short on time, we're starting to kind of hit the, hit the maximum capacity of stress or whatever, that at least for me, that's when I make the worst eating choices. Um, so from a sports nutrition perspective, you would say that, you know, is a calorie just a calorie or does it matter where the calories come from? Yeah. Absolutely. It does matter where the calories come from. We definitely want to be looking at um, food in its most natural form. So I typically tell my clients 
you know, shop the perimeter of a grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, start your grocery shop in the produce section. Um, if you if you eat meat, then make sure that you're going to um, the butcher or you are selecting the food um, that you want to have in your shopping cart. It's usually that middle section of the grocery store where things are packaged. They start to have ingredients that we can't even um, say or pronounce. Um, I typically tell people those should be the smallest part of your grocery shop. Yeah. If you can prioritize food food in its most natural form, Mm -hmm. you're going to be getting the closest to nature that you can be. And that means you're going to be getting more nutrients, more vitamins. The food is going to be fresher. It's going to taste better. You're going Mm -hmm. to enjoy the eating experience more. And honestly, I typically find that once people begin to look at food as not this bad thing, because a lot of times when we have a weight loss goal, we start to see food as negative. Mm. Um, when we start to rehab our relationship with food, we begin to look forward to going to the grocery store. And cooking is something we enjoy. Right. And that, to me, I, I care more about that. As a trainer, I'm not all that interested in the number on the scale. I am much more interested in how someone feels in their own skin. Right. And rehabbing a relationship with food and helping someone make choices that are healthful and beautiful and even fun um, is a great part of my job. Right. And I think you're so right about that whole concept of shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. Because, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with this term empty calorie. Mm -hmm. But even for me, that wasn't really something that I could wrap my head around until I started getting just a little bit more understanding of, you know, well, what are they really doing? doing to the foods mm-hmm. when they package them and put them in those boxes and all those things. You know, what's happening to it that turns that potato into, you know, a potato chip that makes it an empty calorie? Well, it doesn't contain the fiber, the fats, the nutrients that your body needs to really feel full. So sometimes, you know, I'll use the term like wasted calories. Yeah. Like when you're looking at what you're eating, are those calories going to actually go to satisfying your hunger, satisfying your body's needs, or is it just wasted? Like mm-hmm. you're going to eat that calorie. It's going to contribute to your weight gain. It's going to get turned into fat, but it's not actually going to contribute to helping you feel full, helping you feel satisfied and all those main reasons that we eat in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one simple, you know, kind of guideline of trying to avoid the processed foods um, just kind of resolves a lot of those different Absolutely. issues. I'm all about easy button everything because you can go on the internet and you can read every article about every processed food out there and Mm. their merits and the good, the bad. I will say one area of the grocery store that sometimes people skip that um, is actually a great place to save money and it's still fresh is the frozen frozen section. So I do tell people, okay, and then go back and check out the frozen section because oftentimes you can get um, berries for your smoothies. You can get frozen spinach. Maybe you're not a greens person and you want to start hiding your greens and things. I always tell people, hey, go get some frozen kale. Go get frozen spinach. You can throw those in your smoothies. Um, You can use them in recipes Mm -hmm. um, and they stay good for a really long time. So, right. But when we go back to that wasted calorie or that empty calorie, I think it's empty on two levels. One, yeah, they process it. Why? Because we need it to be shelf-stable. So food needs to be broken down for us to use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. But to keep it on a shelf, we have to sort of inhibit its ability to break down. 
which sort of goes against what the body needs to do, right? right? So one, it's processed, and that basically means that it has been inhibited. It's going to stop its decay process. Mm-hmm. But your body needs that to happen to be able to break it down. So it's almost not usable. And then the second thing is wasted in terms of our mental and our emotional relationship with that Mm, thing. So if you are someone that, you know what, I'm mindfully eating these potato chips because I love them and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to enjoy it and this is a treat for myself, that's a completely different eating experience with those potato chips than I'm stressed out, I'm at my desk at work, and I'm just mindlessly inhaling potato chips. You're not tasting it. You're not enjoying it. You're not participating in your eating right. experience. And so I would call that doubly wasted. You know, it's it's wasted for your body. Um, and it's also wasted for your emotion and, and your mental health because mm. it's not really doing anything except for continuing to perpetuate this cycle of stress and stress eating. Yeah. Um, and you don't end up feeling better afterwards. Right. You never feel better afterwards. You just kind of look at the empty bag and say, oh, I just cleaned house on that and I don't feel good about it. Yeah. And I think, again, it's like double or even triple, you know, because you feel guilty after eating it. The food itself is going to make you feel, you know, sluggish. Rarely are you going to feel like more positive or more energized after eating, you know, junk food or processed foods. Um, And then, yeah, just, you know, I see so much of... Um, just the guilt that people inflict on themselves and then that emotional or stress eating kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, from a like reward pathways of your brain perspective, like you've reinforced your body's, you know, desire to eat those foods to try to make you feel better. Absolutely. And yet like the more that you do that, the more you reinforce it and it just kind of snowball effects into something that people feel like they don't have control over. Um, and I think that's really, really unfortunate. One of the most, you know, kind of important components of that for me was really recognizing that, you know, these companies that are making these foods, they're literally engineering the foods to make you overeat them. They use something called vanishing caloric density. If you actually read about like the food scientists who make processed foods, they have this thing. Um, and Cheetos are a great example. But it's this illusion that's created when you're eating these junk foods that um, they're very satisfying, they're crunchy, they're super flavorful, but your brain doesn't interpret how many calories you're really eating because they kind of vanish in your mouth. So literally the foods are designed to make you overeat eat them. They're designed to be addictive and try to get you to like always be reaching for those things. Um, so what would be uh, one of your recommendations to someone who maybe has some of these different, you know, emotional relationships with food or I mean, pretty much the average person is yeah. just used to eating processed foods. Yeah. That's how we kind of came up. Um what would be the recommendation for starting to replace those bad habits with better habits? Sure. I think the the first thing is to recognize that it doesn't have to be complicated. And that's part of the reason why I love yoga. In yoga, part of yoga's philosophy is that we have these cycles. These cycles are these perpetuations, these habits that we're kind of locked into mm-hmm. and we're not super duper conscious about them. Right. And when we move through the path with yoga, we are called to take a really clear look at these cycles Mm -hmm. and these habits that we're in. And sometimes we come to the conclusion, you know what? That actually works for me. Hey, bonus. 
But oftentimes we find out I'm stuck in a cycle that I don't have control over. And you use the word control. And so it doesn't have to be complicated to become aware of your cycles. Mm. One tool that's very simple to do, going back to the journaling assignment I often give people, is to add, and how did I feel afterwards? Not just Mm -hmm. like what it was and the number of calories, because that can get exhausting. It can also feel inhibiting, like, oh my goodness, I love this brownie. My, My mom made it for me. It's her special recipe. We don't want to attach guilt to it. Mm. So if you eat the brownie that's your mother's recipe and it has great feelings for you, it has meaning for you, you enjoy it, after you say, and how do I feel, you're going to feel great. I feel nostalgic. I feel close to my mother. I Mm. feel like I've satisfied myself versus getting a ho-ho from like, you know, the 7-Eleven, you're probably not going to have the same feeling right. about that food and it right. probably has the same amount of calories in it mm-hmm. right so it's probably worse it's probably than worse the, than the brownie that your yeah, mom yeah because made. you know your mom's brownie probably has organic butter in it and real chocolate and these things mm-hmm. that actually even if they do have a um, a lot of calories in them your body can use them right. right they're actual ingredients that your body can use versus processed ingredients that you can't read and so it's as simple as saying okay i'm going to keep a food journal i'm not that interested in doing the addition and subtraction of calories. I'm more interested in getting to the root with my client of, and how did that food make me feel? Mm -hmm. And then we can start looking at different trends. Like, hey, maybe eating a spaghetti lunch has a lot of carbs in it and you notice that you're crashing in the middle of the day. Let's reframe how spaghetti works for you. If you love spaghetti, but you start to notice it may not be a middle of the day food, can you rearrange how you're eating so that you are sustaining your energy and mm-hmm. you're not um, in a, basically a crash in the middle of the afternoon reaching for something that you don't necessarily want or need? Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. It's really, it's really simple. And most of the time when people go to do a food journal, they give up after like a week. So I often tell them just do it for a week. Do it for a week, honestly. Don't even try to amend what you are eating right Mm -hmm. now. Get a really clear picture of one week in the life of you. And from there, we can start to look at, okay, now we understand what your day-to-day is like. How do we change it? Right. You know, um, I love the little brownie analogy, too, and it kind of brings up – Another recommendation that I find myself giving a lot um, in my health coaching clients and in our different videos um, is just looking for like simple ways to just like slightly improve what you're doing. Absolutely. So even that example of, you know, a home cooked brownie is going to be anywhere from, I don't know, 10 to 100 times better for you (laughs) than the convenience store gas station brownie or whatever. Because you can talk about just the difference between that really highly processed enriched white flour versus somebody who's just using whole wheat flour Mm -hmm. or there's all these gluten-free flour options out there now but just the idea that you would use something that you know 
simply the ingredient, the flour or the sugar. You're going to use regular sugar or coconut sugar instead of high fructose corn syrup. Absolutely. And you can just start to see how, you know, number one, even if you're eating hamburgers and spaghetti and pizzas, but they're made at home with real ingredients, that's already so much healthier for you than if you're eating the fast food versions of those foods. Yep, absolutely. Um, or to take the example of spaghetti, you know, either is there something you can do to swap out for a healthier noodle that's maybe mm-hmm. made with whole wheat or that is maybe the zucchini noodles or zoodles. something. I love zoodles. Because if you're, because for me, it's like the flavor of the of the tomato sauce and all that different stuff. So like, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, swapping out the noodle for zucchini noodles. Yeah. Even if just once a month you did that. Sure. In your spaghetti, you can start to see where in the long haul it makes a big difference. Um, and just kind of encouraging people to make those little tweaks to their diet because it can feel really overwhelming to be like, all right, well, now we have to change yeah. everything that you eat at every meal of the day. Well, that feels really overwhelming and kind of scary. But if we're just like, hey, why don't we just add one serving of vegetables into your diet each week? Absolutely. Or swap out, you know, one soda for a kombucha or coconut water instead. Once a week, um, it starts to feel a little bit more manageable. Absolutely. And I like the idea of just maybe adding one thing in at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think with weight loss and the word itself... We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. And I think with weight loss and the word itself, you often also see the infomercials that talk about rapid weight loss. And for me, that's basically locking you into another cycle. Because mm-hmm. anytime you want to lose weight quickly and quicker than your body really wants you to lose weight, we know the research has shown us that um, basically it's a slingshot. Mm. You're going to gain it back and then some. Yeah. And so that's really why I bring it to body composition. And that's where the physical exercise comes into play. I don't love making exercise responsible for your caloric intake. You still need to have a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. You, In the training world, we often say you can't outrun your fork. Like you, <laughs> you just, you can't unless you're running miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And honestly, over time, your body will adapt to that too. And it'll start hanging on to things. And, you know, without going down that science and, and talking too much about that in depth, I like to reframe for my clients what the purpose of exercise is. Mm-hmm. and what the purpose of a healthy diet is. So a healthy diet is to fuel you and not overfuel you. So if you are eating more calories than you need, it's like filling up your gas tank and letting it overflow. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the body doesn't do that. The the fuel doesn't overflow. The body says, oh, okay, well, I'll just turn that into fat. I don't need it right now. And it stores it. So it's, it's really remarkable, actually, because it mm-hmm. says, great, I'm just going to store that fuel for later. 
And it does, and it does it really effectively. Um, so really when we think about a diet, a diet is just making sure we're not filling our gas tank beyond what it needs, mm-hmm. right? We wouldn't do that for a car. We don't need to do it for us. Um, and that's one component of wellness. Exercise should be for a few other reasons. Yes. Does exercise burn calories? Absolutely. Can it help you balance out your diet? Sure. But that's not the only thing it's best for. Mm. Um, it's also best for your hormones. It's great for your stress reduction. It's You brought up the um, positive pathways for your brain. It helps us recircuit and rewire how we receive physical movement mm. um, so that we are kind of perpetuating this endorphin release that, oh, I crave physical movement. I crave the opportunity to take care of myself. And that's one component for our wellness and our our mental health. And then when we look at the physical body, especially when we're looking at things like yoga or strength training, that will increase our muscle density, our bone density, so that we actually are more efficient with the calories we do have. We wow. we operate at a higher level, essentially. And especially for women, and I have a lot of clients who are women, they're a little bit scared of putting on muscle mass. But the truth is, once we reframe weight loss and we say, you know what, we're actually a body composition client. I want to reduce overall body fat and I want to increase lean muscle. Mm-hmm. The number on the scale stops mattering so much. Right. Instead, it's like, oh, my my jeans fit the way I want them to fit. I have definition in my arms. I feel energized. I can get through my day. I can pick up my kids. I can go upstairs without panting. Um, all of those other things that make your life feel really great. Yeah. And exercise and yoga and meditation help us in those ways. Mm-hmm. And so when we just when we are only looking at exercise as sort of this opportunity to combat what was on our plate, we will always be behind because you cannot outrun your fork. Yeah. But when we start using exercise as this tool to make us happy, to improve our life, mm-hmm. to make us feel strong, to make us feel empowered, then you know the sky's the limit. You can right. really do anything. Right. And I think it's so I mean, you're so spot on to point out that um, we really do get kind of stuck in this mindset that, like, the only reason you would exercise is if you were trying to lose weight or whatever. And for people that are really into fitness, and you can think about all of the incredible athletes in so many different types of movement and types of sport, I mean, clearly... All, you know, the motivation for those people is not just losing weight. Right. Most of them, you know, they get into incredible shape and then their love of fitness grows even more. And I think that just really speaks to all of those different benefits that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a poll um, recently, I guess it was maybe about a couple of months to a year ago, and we asked people, you know, what's the thing you're struggling with the most? And we anticipated that it would be losing weight. Mm-hmm. And actually what came up most in the survey was stress, anxiety. I feel overwhelmed. I feel overloaded. And it just kind of opened my eyes a little bit to see that you know, yeah, you know, this is a really common thing for people. Mm-hmm. And when you look at you know, whether it's energy levels or just your mood and Mm -hmm. how you feel throughout the day. Are you feeling positive and uplifted or is the glass always half half empty? You know, so much of that improved mood and helping to support our home hormones and everything. um, You're totally right. It comes back to our physical movement and working out the body and, um, 
you know, you were speaking also about, you know, just the enjoyment that comes with it, the endorphin rush. Um, And I think that if people can, uh, you know, again, kind of shift the mindset or the perception of exercise, it doesn't have to be this grueling thing that you hate. Like, hey, it's actually this thing that makes you feel really good. It helps bring you closer to your health goals, whether they're aesthetic or more, you know, emotional energy, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so getting back to that idea of, you know, a recipe for weight loss, which I think realistically is a recipe for health. Yes. You know, how do you help your body be healthy? Because when you help bring your body back into balance and into optimal health, letting go of that unwanted weight is Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, maybe the added bonus. Totally. that, That results. Um, so what are the other components? We've kind of talked a lot about, you know, food and empty calories. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the of the discussion, you kind of mentioned stress and sleep. Sure. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. We think about weight loss. We think about intense workouts. Yeah. And, you know, you're just constantly pedal to the metal. Um, but it sounds like you're saying that sleep and stress <laughs> are also important if we want yeah, to lose weight. Yeah, totally. So... You know, when we were putting together our 30-day challenge, we talked a lot about um, how does how does yoga fall into this? How does meditation fall into this? And shouldn't we just be doing, uh, you know, high-intensity workouts every single day? And the, the short answer is no. Um, but there's also a little bit more behind the scenes that's going on. Mm-hmm. For one thing, we need to – we need to sleep. And we do need to reduce our stress. When our body is constantly in a state of stress, it tends to cling to fat. It tends to um, perpetuate the out-of-control cycles and where you are eating the things that you don't really want to be eating. You are a little bit mindless about how you're doing things. Also, when people are really, really, really stressed and they are sleep-deprived, they don't tend to say yes to the workout. They tend to say no. And they say yes to the triple layer cheesecake. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So when we um, check out our sleeping habits, when we check out our stress levels, and we start to identify, again, going back to a simple journal assignment, identifying what is my conditioned pattern Mm -hmm. for dealing with sleep deprivation? What is my conditioned pattern for dealing with stress? And we get really honest Right. So with yoga, we have the yamas and the niyamas, and they're basically uh, ways for living or, or suggestions for how to have um, a fulfilled life on the on the warrior's path, on the on the yoga path. And the first thing is ahimsa, and that's nonviolence. So that means like don't be don't be violent or mean or um, uncompassionate to yourself and others. But let's talk about the self here. Yeah. Like, are we thinking the negative thoughts? Are we berating ourselves? Are we kind of feeding the negative cycle of, well, I already started the bag of chips. I'm going to get to the bottom anyways. I do this every day. Nothing's ever going to change. So starting to check in with that. um, And all of those, I mean, even just saying those things out loud, I could feel my stress level go up. Like we have such a negative reaction to that and we feed into it. So that's step one is to just get really honest with with, um, how we're treating ourselves. And then step two is satya. And satya means truthfulness. So a lot of times when we start to notice something like, ooh, I've been kind of mean to myself, we immediately want to hide from it. Like, nope, I'm not going to touch that. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to really acknowledge it. So we have to have honesty and compassion for Mm -hmm. ourselves throughout the process. And I think 
just as human beings, if we can take that approach to everything that we did, like we can probably solve all the world's problems, mm-hmm. but let's just keep it focused on our own well-being. Um, when it comes to things like stress, one, we need to be compassionate with ourselves. I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Like that can really help just to say it out loud. Yeah. And then two, get honest. Okay, sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, I do this thing and that might not be the best use of my energy. Mm-hmm. So try something different. Right. And so – Getting real with our stress levels and also taking personal accountability for them. It is a choice to allow your life to be stressful Mm. Um, because stress is going to happen regardless. Traffic is always going to be there. Bills are always going to be there. We're always going to have something at work that we don't like. Everyone's going to have family problems at some point. Everybody's going to grieve at some point. But yoga helps our stress tolerance. And so – That means when things come at me, I have practices that help me return to a more even keel Mm -hmm. after a stress event. So that resilience is Mm -hmm. huge. So it doesn't say, guess what? Your whole life's going to be rainbows. It's saying, I know that I'm a human being. Things are going to happen. I'm going to feel out of control sometimes. But the truth is, is I'm not out of control. I do have these tools like my breath like my yoga practice, like my run or walking my dog or calling a friend that can help me with Mm -hmm. them. So I don't have to choose the potato chips. I don't have to choose some other form of Mm self-sabotage. And so that is a huge component of weight loss and really changing our life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be weight loss. It can be anything. It's a huge component of making a change in our life that we want is getting really honest about those types of things. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think also to even within that honesty, remember the first two, which was compassion. Yes. And yeah, and truthfulness, but also just um, I see so many people that can kind of spiral into that like self-judgment and you're too hard on yourself and you have this feeling like, oh, well, I can't change or I can't accomplish anything. And and it's a very, um, you know, self-perpetuating feedback loop in Mm -hmm. that sense. Um, But to give people the permission to be who they are. And like you were just saying, you know, being able to say, you know what, I'm overwhelmed right now. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, overexhausted or whatever. And just giving ourselves permission to feel the feelings we have mm-hmm. and know that sometimes we are going to feel really stressed out. Yeah. We are going to feel overwhelmed. But to be able to recognize those sensations and then, like you said, take some accountability for how you respond yeah. to the stressful events. Absolutely. You know, and when um, – you know, you think about, you know, yoga practice and you kind of go into these kind of difficult postures. They're kind of challenging. <laughs> yeah. And then you hear the, the instruction, you know, relax your face, ease into the pose. And it's, it's to me such a great reminder that you, um, you know, you always have to be leveraging what you're doing and how you're approaching something because you can move into a certain yoga pose and just be holding it and holding your breath and squinching all the muscles in your face. Um, and it's, and it's 
kind of a great analogy for going through life kind of feeling that way and feeling, you know, like you're out of control or, you know, life is too hard or losing weight is too hard. Um, So just when you hear that kind of instruction to, hey, breathe here. Yes. Relax here. Modify this pose however you need to to make it feel good for you. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know what? Maybe I'm overwhelmed today. So maybe I'm just going to go for a walk Yeah. instead of trying to go do a really intense workout. Yeah. Or I'm under a lot of stress right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, you know... Um, do something good for myself, like go get a massage or go whatever, get, get your nails done, get your hair done. You know, there's so many just little lovely joys of life that I think that we oftentimes don't, um, allow ourselves to enjoy. But part of this idea of having self-compassion, being honest with ourselves and just treating ourselves with, the love and understanding that we would treat another person yes. who was going through something difficult can start to get us out of that habit of always being so hard on ourselves and then kind of perpetuating those negative habits that mm-hmm. become the coping mechanism totally. um, of how we're feeling. Absolutely. And I think when once we start giving ourselves the permission and we couple that with accountability, then on days when we are feeling energized, we're like, I'm going to do the HIIT workout. I'm going to go cycling. I'm going to amp it up a little bit because I I have that available today. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a a great reminder of like, we always need balance, right? We need the days where we're going gentle on ourselves and we need the days when we're willing to challenge ourselves. Mm -hmm. But so often if we feel like, our middle name is stress, and that's a label mm-hmm. that we really attach and identify with, then the idea of doing anything challenging or additional or out of our comfort zone mm. feels like one more thing that we're piling on. Right. And when we can step back and say, my name is not stress, I'm having a stressful moment, mm-hmm. and I have tools We can get over the hump faster and we can, on the days that we're feeling energized, say, you know what? I'm going to go do something that's challenging and Mm -hmm. I'm going to love myself through the process and I can't wait. Right. And I think one of the things I often hear with yoga is, oh, yoga is not great for weight loss. I laugh because I, I've been doing yoga for a very, very long time. <laughs> and one, I never, I never really asked yoga to be for weight loss. That was number one. I never put that pressure on yoga. Mm-hmm. It was just something I loved to do because it made me feel better. It helped me deal with my stress. And the poses weren't easy. They yeah. were pretty hard. And it wasn't until later in my life when I when I became a fitness professional and a yoga professional, and, and I, I do a lot more with yoga than anything else, um, that I realized, oh, my goodness, for all of all of the reasons that can be studied and researched – Yoga is a tremendous tool for weight loss. Um, it helps you build lean muscle mass. It helps you with your balance and coordination. It helps you um, use both sides of your brain. It helps you kind of come back from stress events with a little more ease. Mm-hmm. So we talked about resiliency. Well, resiliency is also really important for endurance. You know, can you go do the hard thing and keep up. And if you don't have any control over your nervous system, if you have no control over your breath, I can guarantee you, you won't be able to finish the mile or sign up for the half marathon. Um, But if you can have control of your breath, if you can coach yourself in the moment and say, you know what? 
this pain is not forever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get through this. This is okay. Then you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when people ask like or say yoga is not great for weight loss, I kind of just stop and think, one, that's not true. <laughs> and two, yoga is great for a whole host of things. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people make a relationship with a physical practice and a meditation practice, not just to lose weight, um, but also to look at their overall wellness mm-hmm. for their whole life. And um, with my clients, very often I find that yoga is the thing they never break up with. So I always tell people, like, you never break up with yoga. You might be going through a spin phase or you might be going through a running phase or you might be going through a tennis phase. And those are great. Like, I I love running when the mood strikes. I love cycling when the mood strikes. But very often I find that yoga is the thing that people keep with them in their back pocket for their whole life. Yeah. It's just this lifelong tool. And so not only is it great for somebody who does have a physical goal in mind, but more than that, it's bigger than that. It's it's a life tool. It's a Mm -hmm. life skill. And that will continue to serve you and and pay off in dividends. Like you're going to notice that your benefits from yoga are just compounded over Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really love about the practice. Um, And I also love intense physical movement. Like, I also love feeling athletic. So it doesn't have to be, I'm a yogi, I'm not a runner. It's (laughs) both, right? Like, putting the, that's just another label we put on ourselves. Right. It's, it's all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you really um, epitomize that because you have so many different types of athletics that you're into. And I think that um, you're you're so right. There's kind of this like mental, uh, you know, bubble that people want to put things in like this type of exercise or yoga or whatever. Um, and it just kind of, you know, maybe forgets that like what all of these different things have in common is you're moving your body. Yep. And I just like to really remind people that, you know, when it comes to getting your body moving, getting a workout, working your heart, you know, working the cardiovascular system, it's a lot less important which type of activity Mm -hmm. that you end up choosing. It's more important that you do it. Yep. And two, that you enjoy it. You know, and you could think about the component that, you know, increased stress prevents your weight loss. So finding something that you enjoy doing and that you look forward to doing or that's fun, like swimming or tennis or hiking or, you know, rock climbing. There's just so many ways to um, to get that physical component. And I just really encourage people to get creative with, you know, what they're going to enjoy doing. Because if you enjoy your physical activity and you can get out of that headspace of like, oh, I have to go do this or, oh, now I have to go work out. Oh, I have to go to the gym. You know, it's very, um, it's very life changing. I mean, it shifts your entire paradigm to start seeing that movement as something you look forward to. Yeah. And once you really kind of start doing it and you start to really experience the endorphin rush, experience how good your body feels mm-hmm. afterward and how strong you start feeling. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that improved confidence that yeah. comes when you're like, wow. 
I did that. Yes. Or like, I feel sore today. Or, mm-hmm. you know, look at my calf muscle. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, once you start putting in just that little bit of time and effort to do something and you start seeing the payoff and feeling the payoff, for me, that's the big motivator that like keeps me going back. Absolutely. keeps me feeling like, yeah, well, if that felt so good, how would I feel if I, you know ran this much longer or Mm -hmm. et et cetera. You know, you just keep kind of wanting to push yourself forward because you enjoy what you're doing. And I think that kind of mindset piece is so important. It totally is. I think the happiness factor is um, a big part of the recipe for um, an optimal um, life. If if weight loss is a goal or um, building lean muscle is a goal or just, like I said, not being winded going up the stairs is Mm -hmm. a goal – um, yeah, you need to find something that you're going to stick with. Mm-hmm. And when we think about movement, um, every every physical activity, yeah, you might get sore. Mm-hmm. You might um, – you're going rock climbing, you're, you're risking some injury, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or um, even hiking. Like everything comes with a little bit of an inherent risk. But the most dangerous thing is to stay on the couch. Yeah. Like so true. We know that a – Sedentary life is going to impact your health negatively the same way that smoking would. Mm-hmm. And the most dangerous thing that you can do is put it off for tomorrow yeah. and then put it off for tomorrow and put it off for tomorrow. That's that's another reason why we did um, that 15-day couch to confidence. Mm-hmm. Like why I used the word couch in the <laughs> title because the most dangerous place to stay is – in this mindset where you're safer on the couch or you feel that the couch provides you with the only comfort you're ever going to know. And really, there's so much more comfort in finding out how strong you are, to pushing yourself to your limits, to to feeling the muscles that you've never felt before. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, this is this is a meat suit. This is what we've been given, right? <laughs> we, it helps us move about the world. Um, but it's, it's our tool. It's our vehicle. We have to take care of it. Right. A common thing that people say is, I don't have time for exercise. Well, one, try a HIIT workout. You only got to do 20 minutes. You're good. Um, but two, if we don't take care of our vehicle – If we don't take care of this tool, we are not going to show up for other people in our lives that we love. We're not going to show up at our job. We're not going to show up in the way that we want to optimally. Right. And so self-care is not selfish. Self-care is purposeful and it will then trickle into all the other things that you want to do in your life. So true. And so I I always kind of like hit the buzzer in my mind when someone says, I don't have time for that. Mm. Because I know that that is a limiting belief they've placed on themselves. That's It's just not true. Right. And um, let's go back to the journal. Like <laughs> if you just looked at your habit, did you have time to binge Netflix shows? Did you have time to, you know, what are the other things that you're putting in front of yourself? Yeah. Did, could you say no to some of your obligations and you just chose not to? You know, are you setting up healthy boundaries for yourself? So these practices we get into, they do open up really big questions about how we're showing up in our life, Mm -hmm. but they're such juicy, worthwhile questions Mm -hmm. that we should be asking because I want everyone to feel super great in their own skin. Right. And um, the only way that we're going to do that is to take a really clear picture of what's going on in our life Mm -hmm. and find 
the things and infuse our life with those happiness things that just bring us some joy. You're not counting your calorie burn when you're on a hike and looking at a magnificent sky or you're swimming in a river or a lake. You're not worried about that. You're enjoying yourself. Mm -hmm. And the more we can kind of get to activity where we're doing it for the love of doing it and we're doing it for the love of ourselves, Mm -hmm. the less that we're doing math. Yeah. And I don't think anybody wants to be doing math their whole life and every activity that we do. That's exhausting. Right. Right. And just the added kind of stress that comes if you're always like thinking about your calories and counting your calories and how much did I burn in this? And I've you know, kind of always been someone who was very hesitant on the idea of counting calories because to me, it's so much more important like where the calories are coming from. And I think if you're making good choices with the foods you're eating, you can get to the point that you don't have to count the calories as much. You don't have to pay as much attention to how much because you know that you're eating foods your body can use. And like you said, if you start to be able to make physical activity just part of your lifestyle and even find physical activities that you really enjoy doing and that feel really, really good for you, um, suddenly you can create this wonderful balance supporting your health, supporting your ideal weight, and you don't have to be fixated on, you know, the counting calories or whatever. Totally. Totally. I love it. You said like I, that you don't necessarily focus so much on counting calories, but rather where the calories are coming from. And I think that that is something that we actually learn little, right? Your mm-hmm. mom to eat your vegetables, like you didn't grow up and suddenly that was bad advice. Like right. that's still really good <laughs> advice. Eat your vegetables. But we come up with all of these, uh, what we think are mature reasons not to, right? Or, um, well, I'm out at a dinner party for work and this is what they're serving. So I have no choice in the matter. Well, that's not true. We're always empowered. We're all, we always have agency in our life um, mm. for the most part. For the most, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some level of freedom in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to choose. Right. So I think boiling it down to simpler things where we don't have to um, read and believe everything that comes down the pipeline, we can step back and say, wait, what's just intuitive? Okay, if I can't understand what the ingredient is, Maybe I shouldn't eat it. That's simple. Um, yeah. If my if my plate is the majority like just white carbs and salt, like maybe I should add some vegetables to this. You know, if I'm only getting my protein from really fatty sources like barbecue all the time, maybe I need to look at some lean meats or I need to vary up my diet. Mm-hmm. You know, and so little things like looking at your plate and saying, is you know fifty percent of my plate not carbs, you know, is it, 75% if, you know, if you're having a real big salad and it's, right. you know, got a piece of chicken on it or, um, you know, it's not all bread and spaghetti and mm-hmm. um, not that those are bad things, but we just have to know how do they make us feel if we overdo it. Right. Um, and then also looking at the simple tool of, is my plate colorful? Mm-hmm. Is my is my diet comprised of a lot of different sources of vitamins? Um, am I shopping the perimeter of my grocery store? Going all the way back to that, that's like one of the easiest things you can do right. because if you don't bring it home, you won't eat it. Mm-hmm. So it's like bring home stuff that's beautiful. Bring home stuff that makes you feel good. Bring home stuff that uh, you know is you know grandmother approved um, that you would tell 
your five-year-old self to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the things to do. Right. We just have to empower ourselves to do them. And we have mm-hmm. to remind ourselves that this isn't hard. Mm-hmm. It might not be easy, but it's not hard or complicated. Right. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash truth where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash truth That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. We just have to empower ourselves to do them. And we have mm-hmm. to remind ourselves that this isn't hard. Mm-hmm. It might not be easy, but it's not hard or complicated. Right. And I think there's so much that can be said for, um, you know, just starting small yeah. and not feeling like you have to take on the whole world and change sure. every single thing you're eating at once. Um, there's a um, kind of understanding in psychology that people are... Uh, more likely to choose unhappiness than uncertainty. Mm. So from, you know, kind of getting back to that, you know, discussion of like being on the couch and being sedentary, like we just part of our human nature is that we're more likely to just choose to continue to stay where we're at. And even if that's unhappy and even if we're miserable than to come out of our comfort zone and do something different or do something new or do something that we don't know exactly what the result is going to be. Um, and I think that as a, you know, comment on our health, that just applies in so many ways. Because, you know, if we do want to lose weight and gain muscle and change our body, kind of challenging ourselves to come out of our comfort zone yeah. and do something new and different and push ourselves a little farther than we think we could go is kind of where that change really lies. Um, But on that same token, I think that it's important to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I just, I just try to be very clear with people. And when I'm doing my health coaching sessions, just really let them know like, Hey, I know it's scary to think about doing something new. I know it's kind of scary to think about changing your diet, but just start really small, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's, you know, adding vegetables to your diet or adding vegetables to your meal. Well, if it takes, you know, some, you know, like pouring over some olive oil or, you know, even if you added a bunch of sea salt and pepper to your, to your vegetables, it's still better for you to eat the vegetable. You know, I will say this too, you know, if, if it takes ranch dressing and bacon bits to get you to eat a salad, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's better for you to eat that salad than for you not to. Right. Um, you know, and then looking at the 30-day uh, weight loss yoga challenge uh, that you created, I love that, you know, once again, there's this great balance mm-hmm. of those really challenging, like, hit power yeah. yoga workouts that are super intense. Um, but then you also have days that are, you know, kind of dedicated to meditation or being calm or restorative yoga to help you feel less sore from that really intense yeah. workout we did yesterday. And I think just that balance of difficulty and things that are more pleasant or more easy is just kind of a great 
um, philosophy, so yeah. to speak, for approaching your health and especially approaching something like weight loss, which can mm-hmm. feel really, you know, scary or mm-hmm. difficult or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of remembering that it doesn't have to be hard. Right. It doesn't have to be this like P90X every single day is the most intense workout you've ever done in order to get results and see real changes. Absolutely. Um, You know, something that stuck out in my mind when you were talking about um, working with your clients and this balance of effort and ease um, is that life is unpredictable. That's Mm. the nature of it, right? So it's predictable to stay on the couch because I can kind of control that. I kind of can have an expectation of what's going to happen. But the reality is is even that is not predictable. But we're really conditioned. We're very patterned to say, okay, this feels safe Mm -hmm. in in the immediate future. We're not always looking so far ahead. Right. Especially when we start to gel these these patterns, start to really lock in. It's not usually when we are older, right? It's usually when we're younger. We learn them somewhere and then mm-hmm. they stick with us. So the nature of life is unpredictable, right? But we can become more resilient. We can have more faith in ourselves. We can feel stronger internally um, when we start to adopt mindfulness practices and meditation practices. Mm-hmm. And so it's that internal strength that will get you to say yes to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And that's why I incorporated it into my programs. Yes, to be a day where it's a little easier on you. Yes, to have a day where you can just totally relax and enjoy. That's important too. But also because without it, you probably will not say yes to the challenge. You probably won't believe that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And you will stay stuck in this cycle of doubt. And so it's not just this fluffy day where, you know, we didn't plan a hard workout for you. It's actually the mandatory and necessary work that needs to be done so that you can continue to approach challenge with a lightness about yourself, with compassion, and also with the ability to say, yes, I'm willing to go step into something that might be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think it just, you know, kind of re... Uh, reiterates the whole point that, you know, getting your body to a point that it's able to let go of stored up fat is about getting your body to a point where everything's functioning the way it's supposed to. Like you're not going to lose weight if your body is not um, healthful and functioning the way it's supposed to. And so from this perspective that, um, you know, we get really fixated on the weight loss mm-hmm. and kind of the aesthetic or whatever. Um, it can be, it can be kind of scary and overwhelming. Sure. And so just that one idea of like shifting your purpose, this kind of brings us back to the very beginning that like, you're not fixating on the weight itself. You're fixating on your body mm-hmm. and going, how can I support my body to, you know, move into its optimal health? You know, I think it's important to remember that, you know, the whole reason the body stores fat in the first place is survival. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's exactly what you were um, had mentioned earlier. So the body's storing fat to save it up for later to try and save you, you know, should a famine occur. It's trying to save your life by storing fat. Um, and then, you know, it's it's. One of these kind of interesting processes that you, your body has to know that there is no threat 
Yep. In order to let go of that weight. Like the survival instinct of the body is why it's storing fat. So if you're perpetuating that stress of either feeling stressed out about the way you look or Mm -hmm. being hard on yourself, coming back to that element of compassion, or you're so stressed out in counting your calories, you know, a lot of the people I work with, they're like, I've been trying to lose weight for so long and I can't figure out why. And I'm like, well, you're stressing yourself out too much about trying to lose weight. So, you know, it just kind of um, serves as a reminder that like, if you can get out of that stressful piece and stop putting the stress on yourself, on your body, and living mm-hmm. in that kind of uh, constantly worried um, mindset, you can let your body shift out of that survival mode, out of that fight or flight response, and into that state of health. And mm-hmm. you can talk about the mindfulness, the feelings of well-being, the positivity, how it supports you know the endocrine system and just our body's ability to balance the different hormones and help give us the energy we need when we need it, yeah. but not overload us with adrenaline and cortisol totally. when we don't. Um, and for people to understand that you know, it's, it's not just about reducing stress because it's going to help you feel better. It's reducing stress because that's what helps your body move into health and moved into a healthy state, whether mm-hmm. you're talking about weight, you know, losing weight or, or resolving some kind of health issue or whatever, that component of reducing stress and finding ways to handle stress in a graceful way, which yoga is a great teacher Absolutely. Of, um, <laughs> really becomes more important than you pushing yourself and being miserable every day mm-hmm. and, you know, doing something that's really grueling or... Or, um, you know, I just see so many people that are like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym or I don't want to go mm-hmm. do this. I'm like, well, then don't go do you something know? that you like, love. <laughs> go do something that makes you happy. And that's actually going to be better for you than forcing yourself to go do something you don't want to do just because it's quote unquote yeah. good for you. Yeah. I have a great relationship with gym. I love going to the gym. I look forward to it because it's me time. Mm-hmm. I didn't always feel that way though. And I didn't, al- and there's even days where I'm like, going to do my yoga practice is discipline. But on those days that I'm feeling that way, I do know that I will feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so I've sat in the fire of discipline long enough to say, I know how I feel when I'm done. I remember. Mm -hmm. So if, if the option is I have to go to this gym I, I'm kind of dreading it. My suggestion is to remember compassion, but also to do it. And then whip out your journal. How did you feel afterwards? I mm-hmm. bet you you felt awesome. Right. And on the day that you can go on the hike, go on the hike. You know, on the day that you can ride bikes with your sweetie or you can take a walk with your dogs, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say no. Say yes. Like, say yes to your to your opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a, a great point um, that when we can start to have a better relationship and we start to look at time and movement is opportunity, not um, this yucky mandatory requirement. Mm-hmm. We will have a better sense of how it makes us feel. We will notice the hormones and the endorphins that we receive from doing that thing. And on the days where we're like, I just don't want to do it. We're going to have a reminder. We're going to have that little voice in the back of our head that says, just go. Remember how good you felt last time. Mm -hmm. Just do it. 
Right. And we do. Yeah. And I think from that perspective that you kind of get the positive feedback loop of how good the, you know, actual exercise itself makes makes you feel, but then how good you feel about yourself for making a good decision Mm -hmm. as well. And you can kind of uh, ride on that wave, so to speak, of, um, you know, rather than snowballing into the negative, let yourself snowball into the positive. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, most of the people that, um, you know, present on our YouTube channel or, you know, that we've met over the years, you kind of get the sense that their, you know, healthy lifestyle has self-perpetuated or whatever. Like something in their lives brought them to this point where they were like, I got to start doing something better for myself. Either is trying to resolve um, a health issue um, or something like that. And then once they start making those changes, like their whole lifestyle becomes that. You know, like in your case, you've actually become a yoga instructor, power yoga. You have all of these different pieces now. Um, And really it's, it's the enjoyment of the activity that um, that initiates, you know, all of that interest or whatever. So I just think it's so important for people to know that, you know, if you can, you know, getting back to the couch to confident thing, you know, if you can just make that one tiny step, that one tiny step off the couch or that one tiny step out of your comfort zone, um, then from there, what's going to carry you forward is this huge wave of positive effects that are going to result from that one step. So, you know, even though it feels a little scary or overwhelming at first, like if you can just make that one single step mm-hmm. or that one little change um, and then let all of the health benefits that are going to result carry you from there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that people need to, f- they need to feel a benefit pretty quickly to mm-hmm. stick with anything. And I think that's another reason why um, yoga is such a, a good hook um, because you you will feel awesome at the end of a yoga class. If nothing else, you will lay down in Shavasana and you'll get five minutes of quiet. And I mean, very rarely does anybody do that on Mm -hmm. their own. So I think with when we're starting to build these positive feedback loops and we're starting to notice where the change is in our life, um, it is important to find things that, that work pretty quickly in terms of changing your attitude. So a lot of weight loss is an attitude adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. So encountering, encountering the opportunities to sort of shift the mindset and recognize that shift is really powerful. And then something I really like about Psyche Truth and the folks that are on this channel and, and work with you guys is that it's all real life people who are working professionals in the fitness industry because, you know, I've had times in my life where I'm like a size two. I've had times in my life where I'm, you know, I'm up a couple pant sizes, but I still love myself in the process. Mm. And um, I think when we start to look at what is my life and what is my optimal body look like over the course of my life, we have to allow for time to change. So Psyche Truth has a great lineup of people like different ages, mm-hmm. different backgrounds, different fitness modalities that they love. And I think that that's, that's really um, significant to the success of the channel too, is because you can identify with somebody, oh, that kind of, that person sounds like me or looks like me, mm-hmm. or um, I resonate with what they say. 
you know, and while I do have a certificate in sports nutrition, when I was going through that certification process, we did a lot of math, um, for one thing, um, but we did a lot of math specifically saying, okay, if this person wants to lose two pounds, what is the equation? If this person wants to put on one pound of muscle, what is the equation? And I was like, this is really helpful information, but I have very rarely used that information to that degree mm. with a client. Typically, I'm working with the general population that wants to feel better, that wants to feel like they look better, that wants to be confident in their own skin. And so I think that's why they're attracted to things like Wellness Plus and Psyche Truth, because these are real life, simple, easy, mm -hmm. digestible things you can do that will add benefit to your life right now and in the long haul. Right. And so it doesn't have to be complicated. It should be simple. If it's not simple, you won't keep up with it. And also, <laughs> I saw like a mural that said like, my whole life's purpose is not losing weight. So um, I also would say for like, especially the women out there, there is so much more to life mm. than the number on the scale. Yeah. And if your entire life's purpose and all that you can think about and um, what you think is going to bring you eventual happiness, what you think is going to bring you love, if you're delaying self-love because you don't love the number on the scale, you're really missing out. You know, it should start now. Yeah. You know, I, the number on the scale is a number. That should not in any way um, make you feel like you're not worthy or that you can't go do the thing. Go do the thing. Um, love yourself now, not later. Yeah. You know, go, go to the yoga class now, not later. I know – very, very often on our YouTube channel, I'll see a comment where someone will be doing yoga at home uh, from their television, and I love that, and that's great. But they'll also say that I'm too nervous to go into a studio class. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't want, I don't feel confident, or I'm, I'm nervous to be seen. And so that's one beautiful thing to have the availability of a YouTube channel and a Amazon channel and all of that, and that's great. Mm -hmm. But also, I hope they're using these tools to gain the confidence to open the door, mm -hmm. step outside their home, and go to the class. Let yourself be seen. Go have fun. Yeah. But clearly, the fixation on the aesthetic component is really not where it's at, you know? Mm -hmm. So for us, the emphasis is always health, you know? And even though, um, like, People search the most for things like weight loss. You know, for us, it's because, you know, we want to create these videos because we know that helping people lose weight is going to help them get healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, so even though that aesthetic piece kind of becomes uh, the thing that, you know, people fixate on a lot, um, we know that, like, getting rid of the weight is not the actual goal. You yeah. Know, the aesthetic is not the actual goal. Um, and so I just really um, want people to, yeah, be compassionate with themselves, love themselves for who they are, and not, like you said, be waiting to love themselves until they hit this right. ideal goal weight or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I do hope that through our videos, we've been able to help people feel more confident in themselves and, and not feel... Um, you know, like their self-worth is somehow dictated by the yeah. number on the scale or something. And I think it's probably one of the biggest crimes of our culture and our media that it has kind of become that. And so many people, um, men and women, 
are feeling that way and are feeling, you know, this, um, like this idea that if they lose weight, then they'll, you know, be comfortable with themselves or then they'll love themselves. And you're saying, no, actually other way around. Yeah. Love yourself first. Yep. Embrace yourself first. Yep. And let that be the uh, kind of unfolding of you then wanting to do good things for your body. Absolutely. And then kind of it all, you know, creates this little synergistic effect that ends up with you probably losing weight and getting healthier and looking better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think with um, with all of this, if, if we learn to accept where we're at, we get honest, we um, maybe even say – three things in the morning that you really like about yourself Mm. just puts you in the mindset of, I can take on challenge. I can do something new. I can step outside of my comfort zone. And all of those things are going to have this snowball effect towards better health. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I 100% agree with you, you know, our weight does not determine our value and we have to break that mindset Mm -hmm. to move forward. Um, and honestly, ironically to even lose weight, Right. Because going all the way back to like the yo-yo, right? You might lose a little bit of weight now, but if you never fix what's going on in between the ears, you know, if you never choose to love yourself, you will slingshot. It's Mm going to happen because you didn't work on those cycles and those things that were preventing you and those obstacles that you were really using to Mm self-sabotage. And so what I hope out of my videos and out of, you know, working with y'all is that we can continue to be a really positive impact. Um, And if if we hook them in by saying, hey, you have a weight loss goal, cool, we're going to talk honestly about that. Let's talk honestly about that. We're not going to avoid it. We're not going to shame you for wanting to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, great. But we're also going to ask you to enjoy being you in Mm -hmm. the process. Yeah. Well, Julia, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. And I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation. You have so much knowledge in the realm of fitness that I'm hoping in the next podcast, we can kind of get into a little bit of the science behind exercise and how the body works. What are the best ways to support it? Um, So I just want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of this with us. Cool. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Definitely. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the podcast today. I encourage you to check out Julia's 30-day yoga for weight loss program on wellnessplus.tv and really be able to see for yourself all of these little pieces of the weight loss puzzle kind of coming together into a 30-day program where she's really broken down step-by-step exactly how you can get healthy, shed those unwanted pounds if that's what you're looking to do. So thank you so much for listening and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Wellness Plus Podcast. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.